Hey everyone, thanks for coming back. This is Chris Decker, your co-host of the Recovery Lifestyle Podcast. I'm joined here in studio by none other than John Rizzi. On last episode, we started to cover the first step of the 12 steps of recovery. And we actually came across the the powerless part and realized we needed to do an entire episode just on this lesson of powerless. So away we go. Right on. Hey, Chris. Uh, yeah. Remember the um, first step in the 12 steps in the Celebrate Recovery. We admitted we were powerless over our addictions and compulsive behaviors, that our lives had become unmanageable. The Bible verse that goes with that is, I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Romans 7, 18. And we talked about um, lesson one last week, which was denial. Mm -hmm. And lesson two, which goes with this step one, is powerless. And, um, you know, CR uses these acrostics for every single lesson. And... um, Powerless is is the same as all the other ones. Why don't I go through the acrostic real quick, uh, and then you have something out of the CR Bible, and we should talk about that resource too. Um, so the the P is pride, ignorance, and power, and pride is a deadly mixture. The O is only ifs. Our only ifs in life keep us trapped in the fantasy land of rationalization. W is worry. Worrying is a form of not trusting God enough. E is escape. By living in denial, we may have escaped into a world of fantasy and unrealistic expectations of ourselves and others. The R is resentments. Resentments act like an emotional cancer if they are allowed to fester and grow. L, loneliness. Loneliness is a choice. In recovery and in Christ, you never have to walk alone. Emptiness is the E. You know that you know ugh, you know that empty feeling inside. The cold wind of hopelessness blows right through it. S is selfishness. We often pray, Our Father, which art in heaven, give me, give me, give me. And the last S is separation. Some people talk about finding God as if he could ever get lost. So that's the acrostic. The questions kind of center around those. Um you found something in the CR Bible, and just uh, for you guys out there, I, we may have talked about this in one of the earlier episodes, but the CR Bible is an awesome recovery resource. There's all kinds of additional material, including the actual Bible itself, but lots of cross references and lots of um, it ties into all the lessons, and the lessons tie into verses, and there's always a little bit deeper dive you can do in the CR Bible, and I think that's what Chris has here under powerlessness. Yeah, I'll, I'll just share how I came across this Bible, was that, um, you know, my third or fourth time going into large group at Celebrate Recovery, you know, I passed by the back where they had all these books and, and sort of materials for sale, mm-hmm. and kind of like my own sort of, I don't know, habits, I, I went and got basically one of everything. <laughs> I'm like, I everything. want all of recovery. I'm going to read all of it. And it's, go big or go home. I'm going to be, I'm going to get through this and you know, life's going to be better and I don't ever have to come back here was yeah. really what I thought. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so in the back of this is a daily devotional 
and on day two, the, the powerless uh, devotional, there's a paragraph from this that is just, just describes this really, really well that I wanted to share. Awesome. Here it goes. Some of us are too proud to admit that certain areas of our lives have become unmanageable. This pride can undermine our faith, cut us off from God, and prevent us from recognizing our own powerlessness. In this mode, we refuse to allow ourselves to reach out for help. Stories we encounter in the news distress us. We hear about a man who left his three-year-old son in a car when it was 35 degrees outside. This man was visiting a strip club. Outraged, we ask ourselves, why doesn't this father get help for his struggle with sexual addiction? Meanwhile, we're attempting to escape our own pain through the repeated cycle of overeating and dieting. Like the father visiting the strip club, we refuse to admit our own struggle or reach out for help. Mm, so true. You know, that, that reminds me of um, the story early in our recovery as I was coming out of denial, because I, I think I've shared that, you know, it, it took me a long time to really fully come out of denial. And uh, I remember telling my wife, like, if I saw a movie of me and my wife watching how I was treating my wife, I would have been like, what is wrong with that guy? <laughs> but, but in the middle of it, like I never felt like I was that guy, if mm. that makes sense, which it doesn't, right? But I think that that just, that just amplifies what, what that's saying and what we're saying about powerless, which is we just don't see it when we're in it. And it's so much easier to see someone else's sin than my own. It's easier to see someone else's sin than your own? Mm. Isn't that sad? Well, I, I mean, mean... Maybe it's not ahead. see it, maybe it's admit it. <laughs> It, admit it yeah. and it, it's you know like I'm pretty sure that the dad in this example knows that leaving his three-year-old son when it's freezing cold outside to go to a strip club is probably not the most responsible choice like this guy like no most human beings are not completely delusional idiots like we know yeah. what we're doing when yeah. we're sinning mm -hmm. but why do we do it because we become <laughs> powerless over our tendency to do the wrong thing and then our life is unmanageable. And so we know this truth, yet we don't admit it. And so this step is about admitting that to say, I'm struggling, I need help. And it takes a, a very humble heart. It's, it's not easy to do this. No. It, it, and, and these questions that we go through in the workbook are really designed to help us you know, confront those things, right? Mm. So last week we touched on the powerlessness a little bit because we talked about, we talked about how was our pride getting in the way um, of asking for help. Mm. Uh, and, we, and we talked about how, you know, a lot of times for me personally, I don't want to ask for help because I don't want to owe somebody. Mm. And I think, I think that's a really dangerous place to be. Uh, and a much better mindset is to think about how when someone is helping me, they're being blessed. And when I'm allowing someone to help me, they're being blessed. And when I'm not allowing somebody to help me, I'm basically stealing a blessing from them. There's a really good question at the bottom of this devotional. 
Oh, man, it's really good. Let's Are you ready it. for it? Yeah. Oh, man. And this is for everybody that's listening. Um, this is based on the verse. I'm going to find the verse. Let me find that. Um, yeah, here it is. In the words of Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, here's the question, John, and listeners, and myself. <laughs> See, it's so much easier for me to focus on John and everybody listening. Are there any other masters besides God in your life that you're still trying to serve? Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I suppose that, that Jesus is using money as an example there. Yes. But and it's funny that you brought that verse up because um, one of the questions is about worry, and this is in the Sermon on the Mount, and that's right before Jesus starts talking about not worrying. And I think that, uh, and he gets to this very famous verse, which is seek first the kingdom of God, and all of these things will be given to you, or seek first the kingdom of God and, and his righteousness, something like that. And um, and I think what he means by all these things will be given to you because he talks specifically when he's talking about worry he talks about clothes and food but it's right after that verse about money so I, I think when Jesus is saying all of these things will be given to you he's talking about clothes money food everything that we need not want need will be given to us when we seek God's kingdom first mm. now um, is there anything that I have that uh, I'm, you know, that, that, that's, that I'm serving. Yeah. I, I mean, I think last week we talked about, you know, do I have money or does money have me? And far too often for me, money has me because in my mind, money is just this insanely powerful tool. Uh, and, and I know that I know like in my head, that none of it belongs to me. Mm. I also know that financially I'm more blessed than most people, especially mm. if we look at the world, mm -hmm. right? All of our listeners are more blessed than most of the world. Yeah, right? if you're in the United States, you're 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 doing okay. If you're listening, <laughs> you know, you're listening to the podcast on a smartphone. You're probably on an iPhone or an Android or something that literally costs a thousand bucks. So, um, so I know these things. And yet I still strive for more mm. uh, because in my mind, like more money equals more security, more freedom, uh, more flexibility. And, and that's all of that is true. But I think it also um, points to me not trusting God as much as I should. Hmm. Not trusting God as, as much as you should. Um, I'm going to try and answer this question. As a, as a super, super codependent, even in my business, um, I find, you know, in the podcasting business, mostly what I'm selling sometimes is transformation with, with the coaching and accountability and the sharing of stories. It creates change and impact in someone's life. Mm -hmm. And I find myself trying to make every single client happy. I want them to like me. I, mm. so I desperately want everybody in my life to like me. Yeah. But I, I actually cannot serve people 
and have them like me at the same time all the time because there's some situations where that particular client may not like me, but I have to tell them what they don't want to hear. And, and as a codependent, I find myself skipping that part and I, and it's not serving anybody because I'm trying to serve this need to be liked. Yeah. Anyhow. Well, and I think Jesus transitions from that statement about uh, money into talking about worry because he knows most people worry about money. Yeah. I would (laughs) say that's a hundred percent of people ever. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, unless you're Jeff Bezos, you're not worrying about but money. He's but he's still worried. He's still well, worried about his true. stock prices. And I mean, there's still a worry there. <laughs> he could choose to be worried. Yeah, good point. Um, and, and so one of the the um, the W in the acrostic was mm. worry, right? And it's a form of not trusting God enough. And I remember Pastor Rick talking about if you're worrying, you're acting like an atheist. Mm. It's like, Wow. And, and, you know, so like I worry every day Hmm. and, and so I'm being an atheist and I'm, I'm disbelieving God every day because of my worry. And I've been trying to get better about every time Hmm. worry creeps into my mind, I try to turn it over to, to God. Um, but you know, it's not easy. And, And, and in Philippians four, six, Paul writes about, basically he says, don't worry, pray. And Pastor Rick talks about that too. Like if you have enough energy to worry, just pray. Right. And it seems like such a simple mindset switch, but it's uh, simple, not easy. So I'm going to insert just a piece of secular advice into this from an author named Mel Robbins. She wrote a book called The Five Second Rule. When you find yourself worrying or you're in a negative mental state, Simply count down from five, four, three, two, one. And then on one, you take a new action. Instead of worrying, you decide to pray. Yeah. Because what you're doing is in the back of your mind, there's this amygdala, this sort of animal brain. And when you're counting down, you're kind of forcing the thought into your prefrontal cortex, which is a way more logical and and reasonable part of your brain. Yeah. Um, it's like a reboot, right? It's like a little reboot. Yeah. And I, I think that that's what it means to take your thoughts captive to Christ mm-hmm. is no, I am not going to let my sinful nature take over right now. I'm going to, I'm going to do what I believe in, you know? I think that's an awesome hack and I, I have used it in the past and, and I sometimes get lazy and stop doing it. And I wonder why, because especially with something like lust. Mm. I mean, how much more lizard brain can anything be than lust, right? Like that's mm. that's so primitive, right? And so I see a woman, five, four, three, two, one, I don't lust. How, you know, simple, right? So, so applying something like that consistently, I think will yield really beneficial results. Now, I, I was never the this guy that, brought his son to the strip club in the car but i could have been if i didn't change yeah i could have been that guy because i was the guy that found myself going there yeah i would see billboards on the road throughout the day and i would just become obsessed with this because i was focused on serving the master of wanting to be in control to feel good and going to that environment um 
allowed me to, to, to feel that in my own sexual addiction. And so I, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that today I see one of those signs and I say, no, I will never, ever, ever go to a place like that again. My son will never see me drunk and my wife will never find porn on my phone. And those are just two non-negotiables in my life. It's taken a little bit of time to get to that, but it's, I have to turn every thought captive to Christ to stay on track with those two non-negotiables. Yeah, for sure. And, and I, I love that, you know, you're, you're saying these are non-negotiable boundaries that I have mm-hmm. and I'm going to be intentional about making sure that they're always enforced. I am never willing to live the life where my wife would ever find porn on my phone or my son would ever see me in a compromising state. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. And this is, this is the E escape, right? And it was like by living in denial, we may have escaped into a world of fantasy and unrealistic expectations of ourselves and others. And so that trip to the strip club is an escape. It's fantasy land. Total fantasy land, right? Like I, I, I picture myself being with these beautiful women like, like I, they're dancing for me, so they must be into me. Like, come on, man. <laughs> it's, it's a palace of lies. And um, it, the, being in sort of, um, being in the, the devil's house is kind of fun in the moment to go to Satan's party. But the, the, the consequences are eternal. You know, sin, sin can be, sin is enjoyable, I mean, it, it, it's just, it, I, I'm, I'm going to admit that. Like, th- there wasn't that there wasn't a payoff when I was doing these activities. Yeah. You know, the feeling was there. Yeah. But it, it's it's who it makes me become. The people that I hurt, my relationship to God is completely cut off. Do yeah. I really want to live that way for the rest of my life? Right. And and, and there's an in, another side to this, I think, kind of like a more insidious side where they're talking about um, uh, the unrealistic expectations of myself and others. Mm. So I, I, th- I think when I have unrealistic, unrealistic expectations of others, and mostly that's centered around my wife, mm. um, and then they're not met, then I can be offended pissed off, irritated, whatever feeling word you want to use, but you know, I'm, I'm, my expectations aren't being met. So I'm angry. Therefore now I can play the victim or I can blame my wife or I can say, well, if she's not going to do that, then I'm going to do something to make myself feel better. Hmm. And, and, and it's really dangerous. Um, and I think even still today, like all these years in recovery, I can go down that road so quickly. And it's like you said, I've got to take those thoughts captive. So here in the devotional, I'll just go back to it for a moment, is that it it says we need to take four actions in order to complete principle one. It's like a four-step process. And the first step is stop denying the pain. Hmm. The second step is stop playing God. The third is start admitting our powerlessness. Hmm. And the fourth is to start admitting that our lives have become unmanageable. So two stops and two two starts. Right. Stop denying the pain. Stop playing God. You're in pain. 
you're definitely not God. That, that's, that's, I mean, to, to, say, to say that rationally, okay, it makes sense, but like to really get there and then start admitting our powerlessness and start admitting that our lives have become unmanageable. It's, yeah. It just says to start because a full admission, like you're saying, to step out of denial took you a long time. It's saying start. It's not saying you have to be fully healed tomorrow. It's just to start to take that baby step forward. To yeah. raise your hand is, is you know, even if you're raising it just sort of weakly, <laughs> like three inches, like that's good enough for an auction bid. It's good enough to tell God, hey, I'm ready for change. Amen. Well, and, and we talked about denial last in the last episode, but I think it's worth reiterating, you know, addicts, and I think guys in general, we don't, we have a hard time admitting something is hurting us because we yeah. want to, you know, we've been taught to suck it up. I have a really silly example is that over the weekend, I was in really bad back pain. And on my chiropractor's voicemail, it says, if you're in a lot of pain, text me at this number. And I didn't text him the entire weekend. And I showed up at the office first thing in the morning and he said, if you're in so much pain, why didn't you text me? Yeah. yeah <laughs> it was my pride. Yeah. Cause you didn't want to feel like you owed him something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm bothering the doctor on the weekend. I don't right. want to be that guy, but he's saying, why didn't you just tell me? I, we, we, I would have helped you with that. Yeah. And, and, and why didn't you? I guess I was afraid of, overstepping some boundary that wasn't there it literally said if you're in pain like i was in level 10 pain i could hardly sleep last night and he's yeah. like dude you should have texted me yeah <laughs> but but that's the thing like we feel like we need to suck it up we you know real men don't cry kind of thing right i was crying <laughs> i was in a lot of pain <laughs> and, and, and the um this whole thing uh on powerless reminds me of the serenity prayer mm. um you know it's god grant me the serenity to accept the things i cannot change the courage to change the things i can and the wisdom to know the difference that's the first part of it and and that's a prayer worth memorizing mm. um because discerning the difference between the things i can change and the things that i can't and then once I can identify what can I change, having the courage to actually make the change, that's that's like a game changer. Well, and then praying like Solomon for the wisdom to know the difference. Exactly. To pray for the Lord's wisdom is the most true admission that, okay, I trust everything, God, that you're going to do. I just pray for the wisdom to know your will. Yeah. Right, and, and we talked about this last week, right? There are things that are out of our control, and but not everything that is out of our control is out of control. Mm -hmm. We need to be focusing on the things that, well, first we have to recognize most things are out of our control, but then we need to look for the things that, are, that, in, that in our lives are out of control mm -hmm. so that we can start to ask God for the wisdom to, to make the changes. Let's come up with a couple examples for the listeners. Cause I, I want this example for myself. So I just have an easy reference point. What's something that can be out of control. That's, you know, something that's out of my control. Yes. That's not out of control. Yes. 
think last week we talked about something like the weather or think about something like politics you know the the politics is is mostly out of our control yes we can get informed and yes we can vote or we can you know send letters and emails to our 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 representatives but but seriously you know the decisions lawmakers make are are out of our control you don't have direct impact on their decision making right Uh, they always have the opportunity to not listen to the people if they wanted to (laughs) yeah so those things are out of our control um, and I guess you could argue that pol- politics is out of control, but <laughs> but th- but not in our personal spheres, yeah. right? Um, so what else is you, you know things that other people say and do? That's out of our control. Mm-hmm. What's in our control is how we react react to those things. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as things that are out of control, I think that there's a long list. Um, of candidates for things that can become out of control and that we're powerless because we're doing the wrong thing. I mean, for me, it was it was porn and lust um, and, you know, really seeking the attention of of women who weren't my wife through emotional affairs and flirting. And um, and I look at my inventory and I see this pattern of that Mm -hmm. and it's crystal clear, like that was out of control. Like I. I, I look back at some of the things that I said and did, and it's really embarrassing, like how I was on the path to becoming like this dirty old man. It's 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 fascinating when I've heard stories of people's rock bottoms, including like my mom who shared one with me when she was a, a teenager. She overdosed in an attempt to to end her life. Wow. And um, talk about talk about waking up in that hospital thinking that you were supposed to be dead. God can do anything. Amen. Yeah. But you can choose what actions you're going to take. If you feel like your life is out of control, unmanageable, you can't handle it. It's because you can't in the situation that you're in. And I'm, I'm listening to it. I'm talking to a very specific person right now. And all I'm asking you is to just admit or start admitting, started, start admitting uh, your powerlessness. I have to admit my powerlessness. Um, but before that, just stop denying the pain. Don't be like me and not text the chiropractor over the weekend, who was happy to see me, by the way, because of my own pride. I was in pain longer than I had to be. And I'm sure that there are people out there just like myself, and then two, stop playing God. You're not God. Right. And, and you know, oftentimes I think it's like, well, yeah, of course I'm not God, and I know that, right? However, I think that if you look at my actions and some of the decisions that I make, I'm certainly trying to be God, right? I'm trying to control things. Um, that was the... Uh, that was one of the stop doings, right? Like, 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 stop thinking you're in control because mm. you're not, <laughs> right? Um, but, but when I attempt to be in control, then I'm basically saying, "God, I got this." Same with worry. Worry is the same thing, right? I, I think that's why you know, it said that um, it's not trusting God enough. And Pastor Rick says you're being like an atheist because when I'm worrying. I'm saying, God, you're not, you don't got this. 
I need to worry about this because you don't have it, God. You know, either you don't care or this isn't important enough for you or you're not moving quick enough or and I'm going to take things into my own hands and then I'm usually going to foul it up. So I need to sit back and listen for his voice and his guidance and and, and trust, trust to him. And man, that's really hard. Mm. Um, and then there's a, the fourth is to start admitting that our lives have become unmanageable. You see, the Recovery Lifestyle Podcast is, it's about action steps that you can take in your life. These controllable things that you can do that will reap the 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 harvest of recovery to continue to plant the seeds to choose to go to a meeting this week to choose to call an accountability partner to choose to go to church to choose to work the next step yep it's all it boils down to individual choices and if you feel like you no longer can even make the right choices like your life is totally unmanageable you see if you if you work this process and you surrender, God will plant in your heart the ability to make the next right step and then the next right step. And then eventually you've taken a million steps in the right direction. I know that sounds overwhelming right now, but when I first, ent- the first day of my step study, John Rizzi's sitting at the other end of the room there. And I remember sharing something like, um, man, I just want to smack the smile off of my future self's face. Well, I'm my future self now. Yeah. And I look at that past guy like, why would you slap me? Life is way better now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, th- so th- the next part of this run your prayer, right? Living one day at a time. Right. Enjoying one moment at a time. Yes. Accepting hardship as a pathway to peace. That's a hard one. Wow. But, but you know, it, so it's it's saying, oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to live moment to moment instead of dwelling on the past or mm. getting too wor- worked up about the future. And um, <clears throat> being able to recognize when I'm going through trials that th- those are making me better. Stress, mm. you know, good kind of stress, not sh- uh, persevering, persevering through stress, right, makes things stronger. Mm. And that goes for our characters. Hmm. Um, when you're talking about uh, all of that, um, I was thinking about this emptiness component uh, on the acrostic, right? You know that ho- that hopelessness. So, so when our lives are unmanageable, hopelessness is easy to follow. Oh yeah, a- and 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 the emptiness and. You were describing the recovery lifestyle and the anchor tenants, and and for sure, those are antidotes to emptiness, right? When I go, all three of those anchor tenants fill us up. When I go to a meeting, I get filled up because I can share, and I hear other brothers sharing, uh, and and that always gives me encouragement um, and humility uh, and hope. when I go to church, I mean, have you ever gone to church and had the message not be a positive influence? It might be convicting. Uh, it might make me I've look been, at myself and be like, oh, man, I need to do better. I've been bored at times. Yeah. But even in the most boring sermons, that you got you to gotta ask yourself, am I just not paying enough attention? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, you know, church is designed to fill us up. Yes. With hope, with the word of God, with encouragement, with conviction. 
Um, and then Bible reading is the same thing. You know, read your Bible. Um, see how much God wants good for us, how much he loves us, how that's a theme over and over and over again. There's also directions on how to live a righteous life. And, and as we surrender and, and learn that and follow it, um, emptiness dissolves. So I was listening to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, and on one of the most recent episodes, he's talking about quiet time. And in this case, it was sitting and meditating on a question or a um, just something you're praying about, and then crack open the Bible and see the answers. Yeah. Because they present themselves a little more clearly. Because you're asking God the question, he's able to answer you through his word. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's, it's like... It's like preparing my mind to seek the answer for the question that I have. And I think we talk about this a lot on here. Like, typically, we find what we're looking for. Yes. <clears throat> seek right? and you will find. So when we seek this stuff in and around escapism, we're going to find that. Yeah. When we seek to please ourselves and our selfishness, we're going to find that. Um but if we, you know, God says, um, seek me and you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. And oftentimes I wonder, like, am I, am I seeking him with my whole heart? Like, that's all in. Full circle, seek first the kingdom of, of heaven. Exactly. Right? And all of these things will be given to you. Seek first the kingdom of heaven. Not seek first hedonism. Not seek first filling my own desires. No, seek first the kingdom of heaven. Right. And that's the selfishness, you know, part of this acrostic <laughs> and their line. And it is, you know, kind of tongue in cheek. Right. But we often pray our father, which art in heaven. Give me, give me, give me. And um, I think that that's something that's easy to fall into. Uh, I know for me, a lot of my prayers, they're, they're not necessarily greedy in terms of like, you know, give me a bunch of stuff. Right. But, I, you know, I ask for peace and, and wisdom and um, the ability to not lust. Uh, and prayer is supposed to be a conversation. But here's, here's the thing is God can hear anything. So what if you can pray anything, don't worry about it being perfect. I know there's other perfectionists out there like myself who want the prayers to be perfect. Yeah. It ain't going to be perfect. He knows what's on your heart. Um, and so... And I'll, I know I'm guilty of this. Sometimes my prayers sound more like a spiritual shopping list. Yeah. And God, can you can you do all these things for me? And by the way, thank you for all the things you have done for me. Could you continue to do these things, please? Yeah. And, it, you know, that's great. God knows what's really on my heart there. But like the prayers where I've, I have notes in my journal where the transformation has happened was where I was sloppy and angry and like almost cursed God, but was like, dude, you need to do something right now. And I was just very real. Yeah. Those have been the most transformative. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. But that's the thing. God can handle it, right? You can handle anything plus you throw he, at him. Plus he already knows. So like yes. if you're holding something back, it's kind of like he's sitting there going, come on, man. It is not <laughs> like Bruce Almighty. It's not Bruce Almighty. <laughs> Jim Carrey is not getting emails from you. <laughs> One of my problems I think, is it's like, okay, what'd you call it? The, the spiritual, uh, spiritual shopping, shopping list. list. Yeah. So I blow through the spiritual shopping list 
and then it's like okay later man <laughs> and, and and there's no just sitting right there's no sense of let me just sit here and see what god puts on my heart or in my mind mm. and when i try that nine times out of ten i'm really bad at it because it's like my mind starts going in a hundred different directions of like what's going on tomorrow and what do i have to do today and what should i what am i going to do next and i can't wait to stop sitting here because i need right. to go take the dogs for a run uh, and, and you know all of this noise um so learning to be quiet and still uh is something that that i still have to practice uh and and try to get better at because i think that's when we hear from him more clearly do you know what time it is time for open share or time o for shares it's open share time sweet so I, I, I wanted to start to, to ask, if you've been listening to this show and, and, and you've gotten to this point, if you've been listening to any of our episodes, see, you can send us um, in, the, in the contact form of 1199.org. So that's the number one, the number one, the number nine, the word nine. So N-I-N-E dot org. Uh, there's ways to reach out to us there. Um, you can also subscribe to our text list. We'll put We'll put the number and the word that you need to subscribe to in the notes below. We actually, we want to hear from you. We, we want to see reviews. We want to see additional questions. Um, we know there's a lot of people starting to listen to this. We've been getting a lot of good feedback from our personal circles, but we want to hear from uh, those that we know are discovering us on other platforms or outside of that circle. So please, we welcome your input and your feedback. And you know what would be really, really cool is... If, if, you know, we do an open share every week um, and we always have a topic and if you're feeling so inclined, just jot a few notes about your, what your open share is um, and we'll read it because I think that would be amazing to read someone's share. We could keep uh, it anonymous or, or, or we could, we could mention you, whatever you prefer. Um, I think that's a great idea. I think, I think that would be really cool. Uh, okay, so are we gonna do a question for? Yeah, me? I'm gonna grab. I'm gonna grab one of the questions here, which is, can you relate to Psalms 40:12 and how? Psalm 40:12 is, troubles without number surround me. My sins have overtaken me, and I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head, and my heart fails within me. Can you relate to that psalm, and mm. how? Uh, hey, you guys, my name is John. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm in recovery for sex addiction, and I struggle with lust. John. Hey, you guys. Um, you know, I tend to minimize my troubles, but in this case, I'm going to use my, my desire to look at women as my trouble. And yes, it surrounds me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's everywhere here. And um, it's a constant battle. And there's lots of tools that I have. Um, and when I'm at my best, I deploy them and I can move on and it's good. But oftentimes I'm not at my best. Or what I sometimes wonder is, maybe I really don't wanna stop this altogether. There's some benefit, there's some endorphin hit from looking at an attractive woman and having a micro fantasy about her. And I don't mean like a micro fantasy of having sex with her or anything like that. It's just more of admiring her appearance. 
Um, and, and I think the micro fantasy is like, she would admire me as much as I admire her. And wouldn't it be cool to hang out with her and get to know her and all that. And it's just, it's insane. Mm. It's really stupid. Um, but that surrounds me because they're, you know, attractive women are everywhere. Mm. Um, and you know, what I pray is that God will help me remember to use the five second rule each and every time so I can five, four, three, two, one. I don't lust. Thanks, guys. I'm John. Ooh, that was a good one. Hey, guys, I'm Chris, grateful believer in Jesus Christ and recovery for alcoholism, section porn addiction, as well as anger, resentment, codependency. Hey, Chris. Um, troubles without number surround me. My sins have overtaken me and I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head and my heart fails within me. Uh, this is 100% all of the relationships in my life. As my company grows, as our client base grows, as the work that I do grows. Um, honestly, I can't please everyone. It's, it's, it's physically impossible. Um, it's physically impossible for me to do all of the work if I wanted to. I have to work with other people to, to, to cross the finish line. And um, this is brand new to me. Um, this is brand new to me that just the concept of being a team player and, and working with others and being the body of Christ together, especially in the like in the marketplace. Like I feel like I'm out there like a warrior, like just trying to be this warrior for Christ and falling flat on my face very often but I want to keep getting back up and fighting this fight. Uh, thanks guys. I'm Chris. Thanks Chris. It's like, um, what you were talking about last week about that illusion of the self-made man. And, mm. and, and you've kind of been that guy for a long time, right? As a sole entrepreneur, uh, and now growing and needing to delegate and, and rely on others. And, um, Sometimes that's hard because a lot of times it's like, I know I can do it better or, oh, it's going to take me, it's going to take me longer to explain it to someone else to have them do it than it would be for me to do it myself. Well, that might be true, but then there's a stack of other things that I have to do too. And I'm not even going to be able to get to those because I'm not teaching this person to fish so that they can help me in the future. It's an easy trap to fall into. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, the solution is really Jesus is my boss, you know, and, um, to act Christ-like in business, it, it's, it goes against the grain. You do things that other people do not do, um, in, in the business world. Yeah. Um, I, I'll tell you just one last story here is I had an example of, I, I let, I let a woman go, um, from her, from her job. She was having some 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 issues in her life and, and some issues with delivering on the work. But I didn't just let her go one day. Like I prepaid for her health care for a whole year. I made sure that she had additional freelance work. Um, I let her I let her know that we're here to support however we can, but this no this role needs to be filled by someone else. And I just just chose to let her go differently. I could have just said, sorry, bye, here's your last check. Yeah. Go home. Um, and she recently wrote me an email saying, thank you. I just found a new role. Um, and so in many ways, her being let go was like being let free to go. I'm just, what I'm just trying to say is in business is you have a choice to do things differently. Um, 
and and that's just an example and i'm not just trying to pat my own back like it it i could see god's hand in that whole thing yeah a very gracious way and and it worked out oftentimes when we let someone go it's because they're not a good fit and they need that to find something where they are a good fit as painful as it is for everybody um it's almost always better in the end dear heavenly father father god abba father um help us to become a good fit in your kingdom in your body um with other believers to find our place our calling what you've made us to be um help us to live this recovery lifestyle to share it with others and to help to continue to plant seeds let my pains be be used um so that others would not have to experience them um and i pray these things in jesus name amen amen